Welcome to Understanding the Bible with Pastor Stephen, episode number 16, Judgmental Christians. So typically when you hear about judgmental Christians, you hear that verse, uh, judge not lest ye be judged, right? And everyone says, well, Christians aren't supposed to judge. So let's read the verse in its full context. It's during the uh, Sermon on the Mount. It starts in uh, Matthew 7, verse 1. It says, judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in your own eye? Or how wilt you say to your brother, Let me pull out the mote out of your eye, and behold, a beam is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then thou shalt see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. There's, there's a lot to unpack here, but at the very beginning when it says, Judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. It is not saying, don't judge. So it's a caution that when you judge, yeah, you ought to be fair. You should probably follow the Bible. And then even more importantly than that, you need to know that you're going to be judged back. And this is probably uh, in reference to both mankind and God himself. But if you're doing the same thing that you're judging someone else for, that's the whole hypocrite thing in verse four, three and four. And it's very clear that if I have a major problem in my life that everyone knows about, why should I go and nitpick on somebody else and tell them that they've got a little problem in their life? That's the judgmental Christian that you're not supposed to be. You're, you're supposed to deal with your own house, put your own house in order first, so that then when you are judging other people, you have a clear conscience, you have dealt with your sin, and people can't point a finger at you and call you a hypocrite. And then the last part of that passage, it says, give not that which is holy unto dogs. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Why should you spend your time and effort judging other people and trying to fix them if they don't care. If you're not in a the pos proper position of either authority or uh, maybe a close friend or whatever the case may be, where they would listen to your judgment. Like, why should you stand on the street corner and start pointing out everybody that you see doing something wrong? You're throwing out judgments, and, and they might be scriptural, you might actually be able to point to things that are morally right and wrong. But who's going to listen to you? They're just going to attack you and tell you you're stupid and what right do you have to judge? And like you're not in a position standing on a street corner to rail out judgments against other people. If it was my best friend and he's coming to me for advice and I'm like, hey, look, well, this is why you have this problem because you're doing this, this and this wrong. You might want to fix that. That's proper judgment. It's, it's not the judgmental, judgy type of Christians that people are scared to be around. Those are what's wrong. So a couple of key things we need to think about when we do judge righteously. First of all, uh, the Bible says in John 7, 24, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Remember, God looks at the heart, not outward appearances. And this is kind of a reference to the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. It's 
say for instance, you, you're speeding to the hospital because you got a phone call that one of your family members is dying. The letter of the law is you're speeding. You should be pulled over and get a ticket, right? You might get a good judge as far as a cop. When he pulls you over, he says, why are you speeding? And you say, you know, my mother is dying in the hospital. I just got the phone call. I need to get there right now. And he's like, okay. And he'll turn on his sirens and he'll help you speed to get there, right? The spirit of the law is fulfilled. He called you on breaking the speed limit, found out that you had a legitimate reason, and the speed limit is to prevent accidents, right? So he puts on his lights and goes in front of you and leads the way, clears the path so that there's no chance of accidents. He's fulfilling the spirit of the law, but still breaking the letter of the law and allowing you to speed, So that's the difference between the spirit and the letter of the law. And God's telling us, judge righteously. Keep in mind the spirit of God's law as well as the letter of the law. Keep in mind, um, if you're familiar with the woman at the well in John chapter 4, this is the idea of you judge the sin but not the sinner. God met this woman at the well and he didn't focus on her sin, but he spoke about the gift of God and eternal life. And then he made a point of letting her know that he was who he said he was, that he's God and knows all things. And he called her out on her sin. He said, hey, bring your husband here and let's talk to him. And she's like, oh, I don't have a husband. And Jesus's response was in verse 17 and 18, thou hast well said, I have no husband for the, you, thou hast had five husbands and he whom thou now hast is not your husband and that you spoke truly. He did not so much judge her as he pointed out her sin and then let her deal with it. It was not God's focus to say that you've slept around, you've had so many husbands, maybe she cheated on them. I don't know the reasons for her divorces, but now she's sleeping with another guy that's not her husband. And God's like, look, I know. And you need to understand that God is going to judge you for the things that you have done, but he offers this forgiveness, the eternal life, the water of life. And so Jesus focused on the gift and the forgiveness and not like so many judgmental Christians, well, you need to move out from that person and you're not supposed to live together and you can't come to church unless you break up and unless you make a public profession of your sin and and ask everyone to forgive you and and unless you do this, this, and that, we're not going to, you know, meet with you and talk with you and help you with anything until you fix yourself. That's the wrong approach. That is not what Jesus did at all. Now, what Jesus does tell us to do is to judge fellow Christians, those who are already in the faith. In 1 Corinthians 5, uh, starting in verse 11, it says, But now I have written unto you not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or extortioner, was such a one not to eat. For what have I to do to judge them also that are without, meaning outside of the church, outside of the faith? Do not you judge them that are within, but them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. So we are to judge those that are within. We are to hold each other accountable in the church. So a fellow Christian at the church gets to talking to me and I find out that, you know, they like to go to the mall and steal, right? Well, I need to call them out on it and I need to tell them they need to stop doing that. And if they just don't care, 
And they're like, no, 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 come with me. I'm going to go to the mall after church today. I'm going to pick up a couple of shirts for free. I'll show you how I do it. No, do not eat with them. Do not keep company with them. You are supposed to put them out from among yourselves. At that point, then you go into, uh, I believe it's in Matthew, while it talks about confronting them with one or two other brothers. And if they still don't change, then you need to go to the pastor. And if they still don't change, then you put them out of the church. You don't associate with them. You don't let them tarnish the name of Christ and of the church by openly committing sin that they do not care about. So that's who we're supposed to judge. We are supposed to judge fellow Christians and let God judge those who are outside of the church. Now, I want to um, mention a couple of things here. First of all, it doesn't mean that we don't stand up for what is right. It doesn't mean that you don't call out things that are evil. If I see something happening, if I see someone beating someone else on the street, is it a judgment for me to jump in? And help fight off the attacker? Yeah, I'm judging the attacker. In fact, I'm taking action against him. That's the right type of thing to do. Uh, One of my favorite verses is the Psalm 149. In Psalm 149, it talks about Christians praising God and dancing and singing. In verse 6, it says, Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand to execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints, praise ye the Lord. You have the right as a Christian to take up arms, to become a cop, uh, join the military, to become a judge, to actually judge between right and wrong and good and evil and take action against it. But on an individual basis, you do not have a right to attack people for their sins. That is not what the Bible teaches. Are we supposed to judge? Yes. And when we do call out sin, we are supposed to love the sinner. And we're supposed to show God's compassion and mercy and talk about God's hope of salvation and not focus so much on the sin. God will judge the sin. The person themselves, once they get saved, God will convict them and change their life. Always, always, always stand up for what is right and be ready to judge between good and evil. But that is not our focus when it comes to individuals. The focus is the hope of salvation, the hope of heaven, the hope of Jesus Christ. Let me read one more passage for today, Romans 12, 17 through 21. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. It's going to be very hard to do that part if you're judging everybody you meet, right? Then verse 19, it says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. It's not that you'll never fight your enemy. Sometimes you have to fight. Sometimes you have to turn the other cheek. And we've talked about that before as well. But you do not judge them. There's a whole nother lesson in there. You know, in Iraq, uh, Saddam Hussein 
actually had his black shirts and his armies in the, the major cities that were made up of parents whose children were in prison. And the parents were told, if you do not fight the Americans, we will torture and kill your children. Uh, there was a Cav Scout that I knew, um, Eric, I won't give you his last name, but he was actually a friend of mine. And the first thing that he did when he went into Afghanistan, or sorry, to Iraq, I don't know if it was Kabul, but the first city that he went into back in like 2003, they liberated a prison. They killed all the guards. They were Saddam's black shirts. And there were over 400 children under the age of 15 that were being starved to death. And all of their parents were being forced to pick up guns and fight us. So that really changed his outlook as well as mine that the enemy is not always the actual enemy. The people that were shooting at him, some of them were trying to save their children's life. If he wounded someone, he was more than happy to feed them and clothe them and help them and then tell them that we were liberating their children so that they would no longer be our enemies. I'm not going to go any further. I really love those war stories because there's a lot of personal experience and a lot of friends I have that are in the military that tell me some of these stories, so I'll share some more with you. The point is, as a Christian, be careful who you judge, how you judge, and how often you judge. If you have any questions, shoot me an email, angrypatriot42 at yahoo.com. I would love to hear from you, and we'll see you next time.